Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you by themortonforum.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All our panellists appear in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are personal to them. This podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just One Cornetto Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Just One Cornetto. Morton drew 1-1 with air on Saturday at Capolo, ourselves in hospitality, a great day had by all by all accounts. Cammy Blues was in the right place at the right time, smashed the tone ahead in the 38th minute. Tommy Adelaide come off the bench, header from a corner, carbon copy of the goal that we've conceded against in Fermlin. Joining me to analyse the game, we have Mr Alan Coyle. Um, has the, the headache cleared up, Alan? Um, do you know, it's one of them, I'm, I'm back in the land of the living now, definitely. Uh, I was not there <laughs> yesterday, but I am today. Uh, it was a cracking day on Saturday. Aye, good day had by all. It was a... Uh... Cracking turnout and a cracking day and I think if we'd have held on for the result it would have been the, the perfect day. And joining us we have the outward bound Mr Chris Dodds who is now going elsewhere. So that was your last experience covering Morton at Capolo. Chris, how was it? Aye mate, it was alright. Uh, it, was, it, was it was a weird one. It was sad and it went very, very quickly. Um, but now the listeners have got, have got Dodds for one night and one night only. So strap in and enjoy the ride. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, every other podcast that you've come on, you've said something that's a bit out there. So I'm hoping you've got one left in the tank. Oh, I've been saving this one up for weeks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I'm glad. That, I'm glad I never so, had a dessert, by the way, because I'm about to grab some popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Aye, hospitality was good, but uh, just for old time's sake, Alan, shh, 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 Sorry, we inside joke for anyone that uh, made it to hospitality on Saturday, but um, yes, Dougie Embry's made two and fourth changes on Saturday, McEntee's away on international duty, Jamie Brandon's out with an illness, we've got Mark Russell in at left wing back, Lewis Strap pushed into left-sided centre-back and then Darren Hines on at right-wing-back. What did you make of the, the start of Alan? So we knew, we, we pretty much knew for most of the week that McIntyre was not going to be there. Um, and, yeah. and obviously we, we can talk round whether it would have been 4-3-3 or whatever, but we kind of said last week, this is Dougie's formation this season and this is what he's this is what he's drilled them with so this is what he's going to go with so as soon as that is like you know Ledger's there you, it's, it's, you can, it's pretty easy to work out that um, Strap's going to need to move across and Russell's going to come in the one when you see the lineup is obviously oh no Brandon's not there um, so that, that that's the kind of main thing that you're looking at the thing that I kind of thought was it, it kind of showed uh, under Dougie a starting 11 our best strongest 11 is and a living that will compete with anybody. Uh, once you kind of scratch beneath the surface a wee bit, though, once you kind of g- 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 drill, drill down into the depth of the squad, you kind of see where uh, where we're kind of stretched. As well as that, been, been kind of talking for weeks about Muirhead getting his chance. Muirhead has got his chance in this... Uh, he's, he can hold the formation a wee bit, hasn't he? He's, he's still got the back three, but he's, he, he, he's kind of shifted... I don't know where I don't know where you guys thought that uh, Muirhead was playing. Was he playing a sort of deep line role, or was he playing wide? I don't know. But um, I so I was kind of reticent. Having said that, when I looked at the Air United team sheet, um, I was surprised not to see Adeloy starting. Um, I was kind of trying. I was yeah. trying to work out who who are they playing up front? Who's their striker? And as the game panned out, they were. Until Adeloy came on toothless, uh, um, yeah. so yeah, aye, interesting, interesting formation. What about yourself, Chris? What did you you make of the start of eleven? Uh, I mean, Brandon, Brandon was a surprise. Um, hadn't really heard anything about him potentially being a man a, a missing or for the full week. Um, 
so to see no she has name on the team sheet was quite a surprise and apparently it's not a COVID related illness he was just ill um, so that's that's a, that's a positive because it means he can hopefully be back next week um, obviously no ocean despite all the worries that I'd maybe got that one wrong despite being told properly that he was away on international duty um, obviously we're starting to make you think what's going to happen with the backline if um, Brian McLean's out still which he is and I, I think Brian McLean's still going to be out for a while yet I don't know if you'll see him again for the rest of this season um, yeah. so to see Strap go into to, I mean what you were saying about the 4-3-3 I thought, I thought that would have been the game to do it um, and actually just have a settled yeah. actually have players playing in a natural position which was a big thing about Gussie's tenure, wasn't it? Obviously, folk were saying, why are you putting square pegs in round holes? I.e. strap at centre-half, uh, head playing out on the left or in at the 10 or whatever. Um, so, Hines coming in, like for like swap. Um, obviously, Russell coming into the left was maybe one that I didn't see happening. But I thought, again, Matt Russell played really, really well. Um, and then, obviously, Robbie yeah. got his start. Which was fantastic. Delighted for him. Um, he's been more than more than deserved of it. And he, yeah. there's no, I don't, I don't think for a minute he let he let Dougie down at all. That's why I gave him one of the matches because I thought he was, despite maybe um, struggling a wee bit in the first half, I thought he really came wanted a game before he went off. And I mean that, I mean some of the stuff that he was that he was doing and his deliveries into the box were were outstanding. Um, so, so him playing in the ten and then being able to drift out out wide and sort of a free roll, mm-hmm. I think that suits him because it lets him have the game in front of him. And I thought I thought it was quite good. Um, then obviously what what uh, Alan was saying there about the air team sheet as well was quite surprised not to see Adelaide playing. Um, only to be told that he, he pretty much only plays and it can be asked really. So um, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds it sounds daft, but um, apparently Adelaide's a, a, a an intermediary or something like that for for Alex Awobi and sorts out multi million pound boot deals and stuff like that. So I really do think football is just a hobby for him at a decent level. Um, I know that's wild, by the way. There's an exclusive fees. Um, that's fucking ridiculous, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cutting about air training with like five Rolexes apparently. Um, but uh, I was surprised. That's only one less oh, than David Hopkins got. Man. I know, man. I was surprised not to see him. I was surprised not to see him start. I see what you did there. You nearly, you nearly made me slip up there. You no, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> uh, nah, so yeah, I, mean, I, know what you mean. I, I was surprised to see young Fraser Bryden start up front, seventeen-year-old in a game like that of that importance was quite bold for them, but. Um, I thought on the face it it was a chance to go the the four three three and really take the game to them, but he never really never really did it, did he? No, in fact, mentioning Bryden, I actually thought he looked like a, a kind of tidy wee player. I think I don't think you know lone striker in a game of that magnitude against a back five. I don't I don't think we were ever going to see anything spectacular out of him. But I actually thought as a youth player, I thought he, he acquitted himself quite well for all he decent touch of the ball, kind of decent link up play. Maybe didn't. Didn't quite get the service into him. There weren't many bodies round him, but that's a bit of a tangent. But for his first yeah, start, I was, for his first start, it was good. I thought, I thought it was very, yeah. very, very good for a seventeen-year-old. Let's put it that way. Yeah, any, no, absolutely. Any wee clips I've seen him of him, I thought he's 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 gallus. Do you know what I mean? You, you, he's, mm-hmm. he's always had kind of someone about him, isn't he? Um, just a, just a couple of games that I've kind of seen him playing in. Uh, see what you're saying about the, you know. Potentially uh, Saturday was the four three three. I wonder if the thinking yeah. though was right. So if that's a four three, if, if if you're a back four, I wonder if he's looking and thinking it uh, maybe doesn't trust Lithgow and Ledger as a pair. And as well as that, he's maybe thinking right. We kind of saw it last season with with Hines. Hines in a four struggled. Um, I wonder yeah. if that kind of came into came into the thinking. We did kind of think beforehand. We were wondering if Russell would have would have maybe played kind of centrally, where he's but I think he's kind of played with Finn Harps. But um, I mean, he's almost playing as a number ten with Finn uh, Harps. But I mean, I, I thought Russell was fine. I thought Russell was fine on Saturday. Um, yeah. Um, Hines, um, sorry to say, Hines was a, a downgrade very much on on Brandon, and I think we missed Brandon on Saturday. I think that was one one, yeah. one of the things. Even just 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 kind of pinning them back, especially kind of later on when they started when they started kind of kind of holding a lot of the territory. Um, but aye, um, so I think you you think how athletic Brandon is in terms of how much he contributes going forward and how often he gets. You see it quite a lot where he'll shift the team right up the park. Whether it's it's either a run, either a, a cracking big supporting run, or 
he's more than willing to carry the ball and play the ball through midfield and it was you. I think we really, Saturday probably showed us just how vital Brander is to this team, especially in this shape. But I do think that's now been, we'll obviously kind of talk about the, <clears throat> the performance in a second, but I think that's now been, what, three or four games where the shape's really kind of hindered us and I think we've not clicked and I don't think we've really imposed ourselves on the games. So I think once McIntyre's back, once Brandon's back, aye, I think now's the time to really go, really go for three three and and see where it is, see where we are ahead of next year anyway. Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titan Spice Rum is blended with the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. Head over to titanspiritsltd.com to order your bottle today and make sure you check out the new Discover Inverclyde gift box. Alright guys, so we'll move on to the, the kind of first half performance more specifically. What did you make of the, the performance the first half overall, Chris? First half performance I thought was barring the first maybe fifteen minutes. Once 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 they kinda of got going, I thought they were I thought they were quite good. All the for all the um for all the threat that they looked to carry from their own box to the halfway line when they would look dangerous and then they kind of run out of ideas after that. I thought I thought Martin kinda of dealt with them quite comfortably. Um with Cammy Blues having a really, really good game again, it must be said. Um I thought well like I said, Mark Russell was, was really good and then when Robbie Muirhead got a grip of the position that he was in and able to do things as well. Um I think obviously the talking points will be the disallowed goals. So that's what really kind of changed the game, in my opinion, for the first one anyway. Obviously, Gauzy's looked as if he's scored, and on the still of it, it just looks as if he's got to the ball before headers. Um, so I think he can, I think Gauzy can feel very, really, really hard done by with it. Um, and then, this, I mean, any other time, they could have let that get to him. Um, and they didn't, they just kind of kept plodding along and, and keeping them pinned back, which was really, it was really good. I think that's testament to the work that Dougie's done. Um and deservedly took the lead just before half time. I thought it was a was a really well worked well a really well worked goal, but what an absolute clusterfuck for Sean McGinty. Absolutely stunning. <laughs> where have where have we heard that before? Oh mate, I've not even heard the worst it yet. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Alan? What about the first half? Aye, um, see, just as, uh, as as Chris said there, after your initial sort of ten fifteen minutes. Uh, we once once we got to grips with it, we I I just didn't think that they they carried much threat. They they they, they kind of had, they had kind of possession. Their main players, your Ma- Maxwell McEnroy was finding quite a wee bit of space. I know I had Louise next us, and we were kind of we were kind of noticing that the amount of space that he was kind of finding. Um, but generally, he was kind of he was it, it was he, he was kind of limited to kind of shots for about thirty yards out. Um, and obviously the goal, um, kudos to our erstwhile uh, left back for his contribution to the goal, which was obviously a wee shame. Um, there, was a, there, was a, the, 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 there was a wee element, as there has been before, of that, uh, you know, the uh, reservoir, your reservoir dogs, John Travolta gif about, you know, just the kind of wandering about, you know, that 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 is, that is basically him. Um, but. Aye, uh, and we deserve we deserve to be one up. And uh, see, even going into second half, up and uh, it was almost up until Adeloy, and then definitely when Moffat came on. I mean, I I, I was just looking at them thinking, I can't. I, they're causing us no problems at all here. But um, so aye, um, and 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 I don't, as, as Chris had mentioned earlier on, uh, Muirhead's Muirhead's contribution uh, was excellent as well. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. I think Blues had a I thought Blues overall had a, a good game. It was another good game. I think Wilson was Wilson for me. I was really impressed with him. I think the the two of them. I'm going to be honest. I don't. If we are, I would prefer to go to four three three. If we are going to persist with this shape, I don't think we can have the kind of Oliver and Muirhead in. It's. I think if we're going to be playing Muirhead, it has to be in the front two. I know it probably benefits him more to kind of play with two strikers alongside him, but. I think the amount of times that I think the amount of work and the amount of space that that kind of Blues and Wilson are having to cover, especially in defensive transitions, where we're kind of we're obviously high up the park. There's two, three, sometimes four players in the centre that are bombing past our two kind of holding midfielders. I think 
if we're going to persist with this shape, I would much rather have three natural midfielders in there. I think it it's nothing, It's that's not a slight on the job that kind of Muirhead and Oliver have been asked to do when they've been in that role, kind of playing somewhere between an eight and a ten almost. But I just think it's, it's leaving us too exposed and I don't think, I think we're struggling to impose ourselves in games in central areas more. As kind of teams of as teams of cotton on to how we play, I think we're kind of now struggling to really impose ourselves in games in the kind of midfield area. And I think if we're not going to change shape, that for me that's the kind of tweak that I think we need at the moment to to kind of turn these kind of scrappy games into into better performances and better results. Ultimately, I tell you where though, right? See, see what you're saying about Muirhead. I come back to what Chris said, though. I, I totally agree with what Chris said about. Muirhead having a game in front of him. Muirhead has to have a game in front of him for him to have that impact. And I think the, the free role that he had, because I think his best performances for us have been, well, well, Saturday, he was good on Saturday, but as well as that, when he's kind of started from a kind of wider position. And I wonder if you could have a, we could have a back for a season, I reckon. And it's possib- possibly where somebody like Kyle Jacobs comes into the equation. You've got a back four, yeah. then, you've got, then you've got him sitting, and you've got Blues and Wilson, and it's it's almost like some sort of diamond, but you've got three, and then you've got Muirhead in front of him, almost in a free roll floating around, kind of similar to what he did on Saturday, and then you've got Ugu and, and, and Riley up front or whatever. But um, th- th- do you mean kind of almost similar, the kind of almost similar to the shape that we started the season with under Gus, where it was the kind of four four two with the the diamond in midfield? Aye, but 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 as well as that, obviously, aye, aye, with Muirhead is a kind of free roll, but um, mm-hmm. um. Aye, but I do think though that um, I think that Emery has basically said that this season this is our formation, and I'm I'm at the point where I'd be surprised if he does change it now. And I think Saturday kind of showed that where he's actually thought, do, do you know what? I'm, I'm bringing Strap in and I'm bringing Hines in rather than it, it, and let's be honest, well, Hines probably had to come in anyway. Just, just, just in general, because if you're shifting out of necessity, aye, yeah. I mean, I mean, the only other one in there is Ledger could have played there, but I suppose if you play a back four with Ledger, then it's strap at left centre half and a four, which which is not ideal because at least there was wee elements in Saturday where he was able to where he was able to kind of kind of carry the ball and kind of come forward almost like a tier he does for Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Um, I yeah. think we missed them though. We we we, we missed we, we missed his particular style of playing left wing back. I would say, although that's yeah. not to say Russell was effective in in in, in parts, but yeah, Russell's long range passing in the first half, by the way, was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, can we just can we just make that point because he'd done two diagonals in the first fifteen minutes and they were pinpoint. Like yeah. it was either on get, like, Gavin Riley's head or it was over the top for for your uh, head to run in behind. It was for, I, I thought he'd done really really well. Yeah, I think I can't remember who it was I was talking to about it in the in the kind of lounge at full time, but I think Russell, for all he's kind of flown under the radar for large spells of this season. He's absolutely someone I'd be looking to keep. He's I think in terms of the the versatility he's got, skill set he's got, just I his technical ability, good experienced player. He's I he's maybe one of the kind of unsung heroes of this Morton team. Where. He's been asked to do. He could be asked to do any number of kind of three or four different positions and jobs on the park. And I think any time we've seen him, he's been he's been solid this year. So I he, he did he had a decent game, and I think especially if Strat moves on in the summer, then I he's he's definitely one that I'd be looking to keep for next year. Clyde Eats is Inverclyde's very own food ordering app for locals by locals. They showcase the finest food available in the local area. They feature an extensive array of Inverclyde's most popular restaurants, takeaways and desserts. The Clyde Eats app is available to download from Google Play and the App Store now. For more information, visit their website clydeats.co.uk or search for Clyde Eats on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Clyde Eats, takeaway the local way. Alright guys, so we'll obviously move on to the second half and obviously the the year goals, the kind of main talking point there. What did you make of it, Alan? Aye, so uh, we could just press we, we could just press recording last week's uh, last Aye. week's pod. But um and the similarities weren't just in how the goal went in, there's more similarities in that, I would say, in that this is a kinda a kind of more robust striker that's come on. When McCann's come on last week and you've got Adeloy this week. Yep. And Adeloy making the exact same run, almost to the point that teams have noticed us, right? And this is... Yep. This, it's um And just in terms of who's picking them up there, um, 
So, see, last last week we had Muirhead on the front post, right? Muirhead was yeah. actually on marking the front post. This week we didn't have anybody on that front post. You've got Blues in that position. That, as we said last week, Jack Ross has kind of praised him in the in, in the kind of commentary for what he's done. Blues, if he's there, Blues's job when he's there is to stop that exact ball. And if he's no, then he's then he's, he's he's out of the equation. And strap straps just let Adeloy get in front of him. And if we've got nobody on yep. the front, as soon as that ball goes over, Blues, it's if if anybody's here, anybody gets a touch, and that's a goal. And that's 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 what's happened. And it's it's just it's just poor. Um, and all of a sudden, from a relatively comfortable position, I would say it was them. You're you're actually sitting there thinking. We could lose this. I can't believe us. And um, they, they've had a, they've had another strike. They've had a header. That they've just missed. And Hamilton's made a really good save as well. Um, the telling thing as well for the goal was straight away. Like immediately, he's made two substitutions. It was almost like two substitutions that he was possibly going to have made before because it was like straight away. Yeah. Um, and they were they were to all intents and purposes. You could have said that they were kind of defend. Well, they were defensive substitutions. He's taking Muirhead and Riley off his put, lying in as a third midfielder, and he's basically going yeah. like a straight three five two, almost like a three five one one. Um, yeah. So yeah, just disappointing. And these are these are results that I. We're, in, in the last seven games, we've gone we, we've gone from that amazing run where he's got two Manager of the Month awards to the only side that we have beaten in seven is lowly Glasgow Manos Partick Thistle. So I mean, do, do you know what I mean? But that that's where we are. I mean, everybody beats Partick, right? Partick are garbage, right? <laughs> so there's there's where I mean I mean like even 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 Wraith would beat Partick. Do you know what I mean? Um, so. <laughs> But that's that's obviously a bit of that. And if you're looking, and it's it's the goals that we've been conceding, you can go back every single game. You can go Airdrie, you can go Queenie of the South, you can, uh, every game and all the goals that we've conceded, it's sloppy. And that's, yeah. that, that's everything that wasn't happening in the first two months, really. Um, but I, and, and, and I think what showed is there, there is one particular defender who has been missing throughout this whole spell. And it's yeah. it's Brian McLean, and it's just absolutely shown what he does and how he marshaled, how he's marshaled that defence and kept us together. And moving forward, if we're talking about a team next year, by the way, um, we we if 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 it's not him that's going to be in the team, we absolutely have to have somebody of his stature and gravitas in there. I would say anyway. Yeah. No, I think the the defensive issues that you talk about there, Alan, are absolutely spot on, and I think we do. You, it can absolutely be traced back to McLean getting out the team. I remember saying to you, obviously the the Partick game. I was I, I was amazed by how quiet we are as a defensive unit without McLean. We are very very quiet, and that's at any level of football. You you need your backline to be barking out orders and marshalling what's in front of them. That's that that really kind of concerns me. But I also think I think a lot of it does also link. I know the the two set piece goals obviously aren't, but I think in general. I do think we're struggling in midfield as well, and that's where it's yeah. You're just then the defence aren't as organised as they are without with McLean in there. You then look the midfield just isn't capable of the same sort of defensive shift that that it would be if we had kind of three natural midfielders in there. You then look Ugwu's hit a kind of sticky patch. I feel sorry for Riley because Riley still, to my mind anyway, Riley still doing all the right things, getting himself into the right positions. He's still, he's he's a very, very busy player, Riley. But I think he's suffering probably more than anyone else in the team by the kind of, the drop-off in form of Ubu and the kind of players round about him. Where I think I, I've got a lot of sympathy for Riley at the moment because I think he's still doing absolutely everything that he was when he hit that purple patch. But the rest of the team have just, their levels have dropped. And I think... Aye, that that's what's kind of that's what's really pulling my head towards. Do we go with a back four? I think once we've got Brandon and McIntyre back, I would quite like us to go. You know, strap. I know I've got concerns about Lithgow going a back four as well, but I think his form under Emery kind of in the last wee while probably merits his inclusion as a as a first starter. So you go strap, Lithgow, McIntyre, Brandon. You know that then gives us Ledger that can slot in there if we have to. I would quite like just three natural midfielders. And I see that you say, Alan, see if we want to go, whether it's 4-3-3 or the kind of 4-4-2 with the diamond and let Muirhead roam. 
I'd be I'd be fine with either variation of that, but I think to my mind anyway, I think now is the time to pull the trigger on the shape change. Aye. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Good question. Um I I mean what you were saying there about Brian McLean and his importance, like that is so I cannot stress it enough how important Brian McLean is to that back line. Um yeah. and it is really unfortunate that I don't think you're gonna see him for the rest of the season. And that's if he continues no. to play after after the summer. Because let's be honest, see the, the run injuries he's had this year, they've been tough. They've been very, very tough. Um, that concussion was nothing short of grim. Like, it was horrible. Um, his first muscular injury of his career as well was his calf. It's taken a while to get, mm-hmm. it's taken a time to heal. And now he's got to get, his, he's just had his thumb reconstructed. Like, that's not an easy, that's not a quick fix. That's like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of rehab. So um, it's going to be very hard to replace him. Somebody with that experience and somebody with that voice in the dressing room. But uh, I don't know. I don't know, but with the shape in regards to the shape change, then yeah, like that, that I think it's kind of I think the three five two is kind of on its course, but without Oshin there, because um, don't be kidded, Ireland play what Tuesday, Oshin won't train until Thursday, so yeah. um, Oshin won't be a hundred percent for. I'm not saying he's not going to be fit enough, but he's not going to have trained all week to come back on Thursday and then Friday to well yeah, comes back what gets one training session. But I would I'd be surprised if Dougie puts him in in that sense. Um, so, but then I'd, I'd be I'd be happy with Lithgow Ledger as a middle two, but again, it's, 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 it's think, a lamb and lack of pace in that middle two. With all due respect, yeah. like with all due respect for him, because I I, I think Mick and and, and Big Al have, have done really well in the last four weeks. I think they've been absolutely exceptional. So they are very one pace, yeah. but they are very very slow. So yeah. I think that's kind of why kind of why Strat was put in there to kind of stick with the shape. So the comment that. That sticks in my mind was for you there, Dean. Was this is the time to pull the four three three trigger? So I don't know. All depends on the state how Ocean comes back in as to whether you can or not. Aye, it's it is a tough one, and I can I can see why. For all I, I maybe don't agree, I can see exactly why. Let uh, I can see exactly why Emily's looked on Saturday and went no Brandon, no Brandon, no McIntyre. Aye, we need to just we we need to stick with that back five. We and again it's it. It is a tough thing to do and it's something that if you're going to change shape, it's something that you will work on from probably, you probably do Monday and Tuesday, you, you tend to do kind of running technical stuff. Maybe a little bit of shape towards the end of the sessions, but you not so much. Obviously, Wednesday's the day off. You then look Thursday and Friday, really, when you look at your match prep. If we can get Mac and T back on Thursday, aye, it's, I'd be okay with that. I don't think the fact that you'd be shifting to a back four, the fact that that's a kind of default for... A defender, aye, do you know it's. I'd be okay with that. I think there'd be enough time. I think there'd be enough turnaround time with McIntyre that we could get him into a back four, get it drilled in at training, and then and then play it on Friday night. But that's it's not up to. But I think this is this is another wee juncture. It's maybe the second or third time we've said it on the podcast. This is where Dougie proves his credentials as a manager because Dougie, these are the sort of that. things. Dougie, that, Dougie, Dougie, I never said that. I never said that. Jesus, man, he's going to come up and have a little spiff in a minute, man. <laughs> topical. Very well topical. Done. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Well done, man. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, I know, I, I don't think there's ever a perfect time to change shape, but I think, especially given it's the system that Emery wants to play going forward, I, do you know what? I would quite like to see you go for it. Kind of goes back. What do you think, Alan? Sorry. Um, right. So I'm kinda a half overthinking that this is this is what he's been drilling and I think he's kinda pinned his sail to the mast, if that's the right phrase. I'm also um also conscious about under McPherson that there was a chopping and changing. Um I suppose I, I, I think see the fact that Doogie's spoken about a four three three and that that's his formation, right? I do think as well as that though, there, there is a kind of trust the process. The fact that, do, do, do you know what I mean? And that he's like, right, I've, I've not got the players to play it, right? And our squad hasn't changed. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that he's, 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 he's going to stick with us. I wouldn't be surprised if he's no. And as well as that, if you've got, if you've got Martin T coming back in, if you've got Martin T and Brandon coming back into that team, all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? Where our strengths are. And to be honest with you as well, Looking at looking at who are who are going to be playing in Saturday, uh, uh, Friday night. Sorry, um, I would be and 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 looking at their front line, going me up, going me back four against them. 
I mean, I know they they they, they play a four four two. Um, yeah, and t- to be honest, I think I'm actually going to see as well. By the way, I absolutely hear what Chris is saying about um, McIntyre. I think if there's any chance, see if, see if McIntyre is here, I think he'll play. Because have yeah. a look at Kelly's lineup, right? Have a look at the height they've got in their team. Have a look at the delivery that they have of set pieces, right? A lot of their goals kind of come for wide, come for well, particularly Murray. Uh, I think Murray's one of the top assists in the in, in, in the league, I think. Um, but, I mean, they've got likes of Ash Taylor. They've got Lafferty. I mean, Lafferty, Lafferty's in fire. Do you know what I mean? We, we see six, yeah. seven and nine or something like that. And then you've got, yeah. and, and then on Saturday they played Shaw as well. Um, so, um, yeah. I see, see how you've been going on the last couple of weeks about McGratton and about how it's just yeah. the time to wait until, he's, wait until we're safe and then just give him the run of games. Is it a case of with with the formation, stick with the three five two until they're safe, and then you can go with the four fifty and see how it goes, see what players will fit into it for next season, get them on like get them on signed deals. Then I think uh, is that maybe the way yeah. he's going to be thinking. Possibly, I just think as well you 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 don't mess about with stuff going into play, Kelly. This is a big game for us. We need the points. Mm-hmm. It's a massive game for them. So um, I just don't think you I don't think you mess about. Um, Having said that, if McIntyre's back and Brandon's knowing, there's another thing that's that's, that's probably something that force maybe forces issue. So um, I think if all right, guys. So we will leave it there. Just before we go, Morton Women's game against Air United was due to be played yesterday, postponed after a COVID outbreak in the away side. We're away to Hutchie Vale on Sunday. Full details will be announced in due course. And stay tuned because after the break, we've got a feature-length interview with the Monton Playcraft and Creator. But before that, Alan, pleasure as ever. Thank you very much for coming on. And thanks very much. And by the way, I'm I'm actually just no longer going to be going away to play uh, fives with, I think, the two guys that you interviewed with, and of which I'm a wee bit reticent because I am led to believe that somebody gave me a piece on that for one of them. And I'd love to hear it before I'd... I play fives just to see if just to see what one I've got to leave the boot on. Was it was it was it Kevin and Chris, aye? Was it Kevin and Chris that interviewed, it was... aye? It was Chris, and I would uh, I would make sure you're not in his team. Well, he, he is in my team. Oh man, see him. Unlucky. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can. Uh, I mean, it's not unbeknown on a football pitch to fuck over the team that you're currently playing for. Isn't that right, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted to be joined by Monotone's creator David Carswell, along with performers Chris Gavin and Kevin Murphy. The new and updated version of the play is live at the Beacon Arts Centre across the centenary weekend of Morton lifting the Scottish Cup. It's Thursday the 14th, Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th of April. All shows starting at 7.30pm. So we'll start with you first, David. Thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having us. It's, uh, I've been looking forward to it. Thanks. No, delighted to have you guys on and delighted that we're, we're going to get another chance to see this excellent play. Obviously, we enjoyed it the first time around and I hear it's now a, a new and updated version. So we'll get right into it. How long have you been following Morton? And I can of tangent from that. What gave you the inspiration to, to write the play? We uh, my, my earliest childhood memories of going to the capital would be my dad taking me as a wee boy. And it was, it was the Andy Ritchie era because my dad wasn't a big Morton fan. We lived near the stadium. We lived within walking distance of the stadium. And it basically took me to see Andy Ritchie. You know, that was the thing. You know, Andy was phenomenal. So we could take him along. But my, weirdly enough, although we all loved Andy, my sort of favourite player of that time was John McNeil, just because he, he seemed to score loads of goals. And when you're a wee guy standing behind the wall, behind the goals, you know, it was the goal scorers, obviously, kind of with the with the big with the with the heroes. You know, the superstars. So I remember John McGill yeah. that era. After that, it becomes the kind of the team of the nineties. Um, Alan McGraw era. We are Derek McInnes's Hockley, um, and a player who I still to this day don't know. No disrespect to 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 Morton, but Yanni Lindberg. I still don't know why he was. He should have been playing at such a high. It was the, the guy was phenomenal. Jamaki obviously yeah. got the eye because of the hair. But uh, Lindbergh was just an absolute class, actually. And then, then it was the 90s. So those were the sort of the eras of, of, of watching the team. You know, I don't, 
I don't go as often. I only go maybe two or three times a season now. Um, I go along with Chris uh, and another guy, Liam, who they go every game. Um, I'll go along to, I quite like the Friday night games where um, where you can go along and then go for a couple of beers. You know, I quite like that part of it, you know. Um, and still, still to this day, one of the things I enjoy most that we're going to cap low is the, is the, without sounding like a Partick Thistle fan, is the banter. Is, you know, the, the, <laughs> between, between the fans and how things go. And I found myself, I think we were playing, was it Dundee United a while ago? And I just, I, you know, there was a Partick thing, maybe in Partick Thistle, weirdly enough. And it was just, it was an end to end game. And, and it was, I found myself going crazy and, Giving the giving it the big get it up you because we were standing quite close to the way fans giving it the big get it up you to <laughs> get to like teenage boys and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So um, <laughs> it's just losing the plot, which is which is what I suppose that's what football is all about. Uh, in terms of inspiring to write the play, we actually did a, a much smaller version back in two thousand and three. A much it was just an idea then. Then we brought it back in two thousand seventeen with a bigger budget, bigger scale. I was much further into my, my writing career, so the script would probably be better. Um, and we had more experienced actors. So, yeah, we, we brought it back. And it, it was, I'll be honest with you, there are some shows that I write because I think they'll be good for my career, uh, that might develop into something else, might develop into a bit of TV work, that kind of idea. But this this was just done purely for fun, purely for fun. And, and as it turns out, it worked. And, it, and it, what a laugh, what a laugh, what a... Hopefully the guys will back me up on this, Chris and Kev, but... The, the buzz in the in the, the theatre and the beacon was amazing. You know, the standing ovation, the the fans joining in with the songs, and that when I decided when I sat down to write it, I thought, yeah, basically you've only got about an hour and a half. You want to try and cram in as much information as possible, but it's not a documentary, so you want to make it as enjoyable as possible. So you're writing. I wrote about three jokes in the first page just to make sure people knew they were allowed to laugh. You know, um, and then of course you throw in the songs. Uh, and that's essentially where it came from. And it worked really well in 2017, and it just felt right to bring it back for this year of all years uh, for the 100th anniversary, yeah. you know? Oh, perfect. And obviously, you mentioned there Chris Gavin, who goes to Capolo long and faithful. So, Chris, thanks very much for coming on. I believe you've somewhat of a, a tenuous link to the podcast. I think you play fives with Mr. Alan Coyle, the Morton Da. Well, I play fives. I don't know if you'd call Alan uh, what he does playing fives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's there, and it's nice that they can participate in these things, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know... Poor that, guy's not even here to defend himself. That's why I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> and no doubt I'll get pelters on Monday when, when he's listened to this. Uh, but to be fair... We did win last night, and he wasn't my team, so I'll forgive him for everything. <laughs> that, that's, that's, so, where's your where's your regular where's your regular spot in the in the ground, Chris? Where do you stand? Um, depending, um, we stand at Sinclair Street when Morton ahead hitting that way, um, and we all stand at the far end of the cow shed up towards the Dublin end um, when they're hitting up towards that end. So, um, yeah, so we just switch. Unless the stewards, I'm allowed to talk about the stewards, those uh, new stewards. Batterin. Fucking hell, man. Honest to God. I'm fairly sure Putin has beat some of his forces on the stewards that we've got at the moment because, I mean, they just, they, they are just outrageous. Can he move for like the entire <laughs> half? If you're in one half at one tide, that's it. You're there for the whole game. It's a piece of nonsense. But that aside, <laughs> um, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Can't even go for a pie at half time if you're sitting in the, standing in the sink or something. Anyway, rant over, rant over. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a Morton fan since, uh, well, since my dad first took me. Now, I'm going to admit something here that not many people know, and I don't want people throwing things at me at Capelo for it, but I was originally from Paisley, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell them that. You uh, ruined that. <laughs> Just, yeah. I'm leaving this podcast. It's a disgrace. <laughs> you get these things out in the open, and you know it, it takes it away as a talking point. But my dad was from Greenock, and I always supported Morton since he was a wee boy. So um, my first game, I think, was down about 75, 76. He took me to Morton uh, playing Hearts. Uh, we get one 0 When you're in your early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is not many things have improved since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just, you know, I go to as many of the away games as I can. If I can't make a home game, um, I work abroad quite a bit. I wouldn't mention what because I was told not to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I'm abroad, it's brilliant that we've got the, the taunt so I can watch the games. The last one I watched, I was up at, uh, I think it was like six o'clock in the morning or something like that in Puerto Rico to watch Morton playing, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we get beat and it wasn't worth it but that aside <laughs> 
one of the characters, shall we say, in the play is based on me, although I don't play that character. And I'm sure that Kevin, who does play that character, will explain to you why it's based on me. (laughs) 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 So I'll hand over to him for that. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just play a a kind of slimmer, more handsome version of Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And let's let's be honest, half the height as well, but you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but if you're far away on the stage, some people don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davy and Chris have been friends since forever, um, and and Davy always find it hilarious that um, no matter how well Morton were playing, Chris would find something to complain about. Um, so the character that I play <laughs> in the play is that character, and the story is basically my education about the history of Morton and the way that my character moves from being someone who's always on the team's back, complaining about what's happening, um, till we get to a kind of epiphany that how important the club is to the community and the people involved in it, the fans, and actually uh, that's the most important thing about being a Morton fan. So, yeah, if he was to hear, I would say it was really well written. <laughs> it's, uh, I think the classic takes me. I can, I can give you a very, very recent example. Very recent example. A week passed on Sunday when we were at rehearsals. Now, um, Morton had won the game and out, out, the, out of the, we were talking about it amongst the cast, you know, and out, out of the corner of my ear, I hear Chris going, I, beast, I've seen the fucking first half. They were shite. I'm like, what? Is this a, is this a, is this? It was a, a party Thistle game. We won 2 1, and we were both I, complaining about the standard of the football. I mean, this time of year is the, the, it's the business end of the season. Results are all that matters, you know? So I don't know. Um, so I literally stopped at rehearsal and I said to everybody, there you go. Where do you think Kev's character come from? Because he wasn't doing it as a joke. He really meant it, you know? Well, let, let I don't know if you'll agree, Dean, right? But it seems to me that Morton in the first half under Dougie Emery are always slower um, than they are in the second half. They seem to come alive in the second half under um, under Dougie Emery, which, to be fair, we never came alive in any half under fucking Ray McKinnon and Gus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a vast improvement. But, I mean, the Wraith Rovers game, you know, the Wraith Rovers game, it was on the... T- <laughs> night game that was a perfect example we came out in the second half and we absolutely trousered them but the first half we just didn't play so I just think that you know sometimes if we could get off the blocks quick in the first half it would improve things that's all I think we're very much the first there's been a few first half performances under Emery that are very much a sorbet to cleanse the palate (laughs) I think there's There has been a few forgettable for 45. I mean, I'm not a Sorbet fan, so I'd rather he just went straight in with the steak right from the start. (laughs) (laughs) Then finished off with one cornetto for the dessert. There you go. (laughs) I tell you what, guys. So, someone like myself, I've never been brave enough to venture to the other side of the curtain. So, this is probably one for you to answer, Davey. Can you give us a real step-by-step rundown. How does something like this go from being that original idea that you had, obviously, in in 2003, to being this rounded play that's obviously performed in front of a live audience? How do you get from one end of the process to the other? The the, the, the old cliche, but everything starts with the script. So as the writer, I have to sit down and go and do... Basically, you can't do too much research. So you can do not enough, but you, you can't do too much. And then what you have to do is decide, right, which decades will we focus on? Because my, my idea was always to have it snapshots across the decades. And I, we have the same five guys, effectively, in all of the decades. So you've got the one guy who's a drinker. Uh, you've got a guy who's really tight with money, a guy that's really thick. But it's the same guys. We just change the costumes and we, we do it that way. Um, so that was once you've got the premise for it, and then you've got Chris as the ghost of Morton Past, basically showing Kevin the error of his ways. And once you've got that in place, then it's really just a case of sitting down and going, right, okay, how do we make this entertaining? Because that's the most important thing. People are, if they're tough, we could work or whatever, they're coming to the theatre, we have to entertain them. So once we've got the script, I'm very lucky, again, I probably wouldn't say this if they were here, but Chris and Kev and a lot of the other actors involved are all very good actors, very experienced actors now, because we've all been working together for over 30 years. So... Um, I'm lucky in that a lot of writers don't have that resource and that they don't have actors to read the script. So we'll get together, we'll have a 
a reading of the script. They'll give me the feedback, which is usually that's shite, that's shite, that's shite. Um, <laughs> this bit's not as shite. Please, some more jokes in. There's not enough jokes you hold in. Aye. So, essentially, that's basically, and then I'll go away and I'll edit it. And so that's what I'm saying. So I've got that resource there. Then eventually, we once we've got that, it's really just a case of approaching the theatre, finding out availability. And you have to have a few quid behind you as well. I'm not going to lie. It's not that simple. You have to have a few quid to be able to pay deposits and um, build sets and hire costumes and, and stuff like that. And that's, again, that's just gradually built up over there. I have to be honest with the first one we did in 2003, I did it by oh, the, the seat of my pants, you know, everyone was beg, steeled and borrowed, you know, whereas now we've, we've got ourselves in a slightly better position that we've got a, we've got a, a bit of a fund there to put shows on and stuff. So that that's essentially what we do. And then, then you're really just in the, the hands of the gods, you got on with it. Um, and and Stevie's got a kind of same group of backstage guys who've worked for a long time and they're all absolutely amazing. Oh, um, and and the stuff that they do for them and it makes it look so professional on stage is, is brilliant. They're top guys. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean Stuart, Stuart McKinnon, who's another massive Morton fan, he, he'd give me any trouble if I didn't give my mention on this. But Stuart's been doing our lights for like 30 years. We've got other guys, Dougal Carmichael, big, big Morton fan, uh, Pete Allwood, uh, who has a joiner to trade, weirdly enough. But So, yeah, we, we have all these skills to make sure that everything goes uh, according to plan. And then the bottom line is I hand it over, I hand it over to the actors and, and they go on, you know, we have rehearsals and they go on with it. Um, but a show like this, um, again, it's not a play, it's not a musical, it's it's a show, it's somewhere in between because um, there's drama, there's comedy, and as you, you probably remember from before, we get the fans singing a few of the Morton songs. Um, and, yeah. and, and, the, and, I, and I know this is, Going to sound like, like to heckle Chris whenever they like. Yes, the more heckles of Chris, the better. <laughs> there'll be a prize. There'll be a prize for the most heckles. <laughs> Usually, it's um, but no, it's what I would say is, and I'm not just saying this, but the audience, uh, a bit like you know, football. Without fans is nothing. The theatre without the audience is nothing because the audience got right into it right from the first minute on the first night last time, and they got into it and they were laughing, they were singing, they were. Do you know what I mean? And that, it, that, and I again, I can't speak for the actors. Maybe Chris and Kev will agree with me on this, but they must get a, the people on stage must get a real buzz uh, from it. In fact, last time one of the actors actually filmed the last scene on their phone from the stage, and it just looked. Fucking amazing, Jamin, because you could see the audience, <laughs> hear the reaction, you know, and it just looked, and I was a wee bit jealous at that stage, I have to say, you know. One, one wee story, um, I'm, I'm up in the, the, the box up at the back, um, queuing the changes and stuff, and we use Hoppy Paula at the end. Um, of the original show which we're doing again with this one and there was these big burly guys sitting in front of me I hope they're not listening um, but the kind, of, the, kind of, the kind of guys you would you would you would cross the street to avoid and um, <laughs> as they got up one of the guys went oh man see when they started playing Hoppy Paula I thought I was going to greet <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was seeing people in a, in a different light you know and, and like I say the audience reaction was immense and we need that we need that if the audience don't bring the reaction then it's half it's half the show it is you can I play the writer brilliant and I think always so I tell you what this will probably obviously Chris you're down right in amongst it obviously you're on stage is it a is it a nervousness that you get before performing? Now, I'm thinking, obviously, you go to Capolo, you know that yes. the majority of people that are coming to watch this are at Capolo, long and weary. Does it, is it a different kind of nervousness performing in front of people that you know and recognise from Capolo? Would it make it easier if it was complete strangers? Or do you feel more at ease knowing that the people coming to see this kind of know what you're all about and in are looking to enjoy the show? In all honesty, I'm, I'm probably more nervous at Capolo most of the time, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I don't get nervous as such, but for me, it's more, it's the adrenaline buzz you get from it. So it's not nerves in a bad mm-hmm. way. It's the sort of nerves you get just before a big event, you know, exciting, you're really looking yeah. forward to. I mean, honest to God, there's a bit, well, you've seen it, there's a bit in it where we go through the uh, the league table at Christmas and we call it Tawn of the Pops. And that was just a fantastic scene. The audience interaction at that scene was just brilliant fun. Um, so yeah. you come off the stage buzzing. I, uh, you know, I wasn't not standing there behind the curtain waiting to go on and just thinking, oh my God, I'm a bit scared. It's, oh my God, I can't wait for the curtain to open, you know. Um, and again, uh, harking back to Capolo over the last few years, there's not many occasions where I've been that uh, 
gleeful about the start of something, you know. Um, so it has been. Uh, I'll take that. Um, I'll take that about Dougie Emery. At least has got me looking forward to a Saturday again. You know what I mean? Um, that, yep. that for the last probably three years, you you know you'll know yourself. There's just not been. It's going along with a sense of dread rather than a sense of excitement. Um, whereas now, you know, I'm looking forward to it every Saturday. Apart from apart from this Saturday, which I cannot believe, Davy's getting married on Saturday, right? He's getting married on a fucking Saturday when Morton <laughs> are playing at home. I mean, what a dick! No, who does that? There's no, but see, there's three months, there's three full months during the year where you can have as many Saturday functions as you want. Exactly. <laughs> the other nine. <laughs> Only no. Exactly. Now, this isn't just a thing for Davy. This is just to the. No, this is for anyone that's listening. Specifically for Davy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about this? The wedding's at two, right? So I'll get you on TV, right? We'll sort on TV for a three o'clock kick And I'll make sure I'll make sure the registrar's not messing about. Do you know what I mean? It'll just be right. No, no, big, long, no big long nonsense. Just you got on with it, hen. There's a three o'clock kickoff coming. Right. <laughs> Might make a second half. Is what you're saying? No, it's not. It's a two. It's a, it's a, well, pardon the pun, but it's a two o'clock kickoff for the wedding, and we'll not be messing about. So by three o'clock, I expect us to be standing at the bar uh, watching the Morton game on, on a phone. I'm also surprised how confident you are that your better half's never going to listen to this. You've been that brave. <laughs> well, he's actually played it quite clever because by the time this is edited and live, it will be Monday and it will be too late for it to back out. If it's a two o'clock kickoff for the wedding, how far do you reckon you are away by by taxi, Chris? Do you think you can make it? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I've got a speech to do at some point because I'm the best man. Um, Play, playing I, it loose and fast with A-words, by the way. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> just the very best man. Very. Oh, so you're talking about the misogyny. I'm just the best person. Is that what you mean? <laughs> I do have a couple of questions, Dean, right? This is this has been an argument during rehearsals that we've been having, right? Now I don't think there's anything wrong with his updating the script to use Doogie Emery at the very start, right? Now you might not remember the very start where Kev's character shouts at the manager, right? Yeah. Right. So Davey thinks it's too early for us to use Doogie Emery to shout at. Now, I think it doesn't matter, but what's your opinion as a Morton fan? Would it upset you if you saw us slagging Doogie at the start rather than slagging somebody else, an older man? Like McPherson. Like McPherson. Oh, I mean, I couldn't possibly advocate anyone shouting abuse at Gus. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, that would that would be beyond the pale. That I couldn't possibly condone that. Um, <laughs> so I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. You, you're officially associated with the club, so. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Oh no, I'm not. Oh. Well, I can sense the sarcasm there, David. That you might have missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there isn't a sarcasm, for David. We'll have to talk you through that, right? <laughs> See, <the laughs> sometimes that sarcasm. <laughs> and the other one. The other one, Dean, was we wanted to put another Morton song in, right? But not a not a derogatory one, not about St. Martin, but about Morton, right? Now, the problem is we've not really got any good Morton songs anymore that are specific to Morton as a team. You've got songs about players, you've got songs against St. Martin and all these things. But can you think of a decent Morton song we can put in that people will sing along to? So that's my question. Oh, the Green Oak Tree. Yeah, we thought about the Green Oak Tree, but even that doesn't get sung that much now. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm I'm probably open to all accusations of bias, but I think just one Carnetto's absolutely the way to go there. <laughs> and I don't think I can be convinced otherwise. That is the best advertising I've ever seen done in somebody's own <laughs> podcast. That was perfect. We, we, we did talk about it. We did talk about one Carnetto, but I don't, you don't hear it sung that often now. The, the, the question is, what will the audience sing along to? And bearing in mind that right. more than half of the audience probably won't be regular as a capital. So, but just one Cornetto is a famous song, and that's the whole point of it. The people may join in with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can just see me... I'll open. start it. I mean, you can put <laughs> in the script or not. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a karaoke screen on. <laughs> I just... But yeah, I'm open to um, all accusations of bias there, but I think if you're looking for a, a classical Morton song with 
no advisory no advisory language, then aye, I would go with just one tornado. <laughs> right, well, I don't know. We'll talk about <laughs> that. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Um, Absolutely no pressure, Chris, but I will be there on night one. And if it's not, if you guys don't start it, I will. <laughs> I like the jeopardy of that. Just could it be any point? Well, I tell you what. <laughs> well, actually, you're, so you're there on the Thursday night, Dean, yeah? I will be, yep. I was a brave man volunteering that information. Fair enough. I am going to ask you. I'm going to say, I'm going to introduce it into the storyline somehow that we've got the one per- Cornetto podcast guy up to sing on the stage. Only if it's a solo, we'll be definitely telling him that nobody else is allowed to join in. <laughs> I can absolutely guarantee that your production company does not have enough to cover the libel costs that I would get you if you give me access to a live microphone. <laughs> Oh, you wouldn't be microphones. You'd have to just use your lungs, man. We don't use microphones. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, there's a reason this is uh, pre-recorded and edited. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. One for the metal. Green oak tree. Nothing else. I can't think of anything else. That's What's just... the one about, please don't take my hubcaps away? Oh, but that's anti-St. Martin. It's not, <laughs> it's not pro-Morton. Oh, right, okay. Although that, that, the first time I heard that, I actually laughed so hard. <laughs> I was just pissing myself at that one. I brought my, in fact, at university, when I moved away to university, I brought my pal down from the Highlands um, to watch. It was the midweek 4-3 game in the League Cup. Cracking game, obviously they've won it 4-3, but a right good game of football. And that was the first time he had heard such kind of, he he couldn't believe the kind of intricacy of the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) like he, he was a Rangers fan from obviously miles away, from, about 250 miles away from Glasgow. And he's like, like, Rangers songs and Celtic songs, they're all quite kind of one-dimensional. And aye, they're quite offensive, but there's there's nothing kind of clever about them. And he's hearing us singing about hubcaps and birth certificates <laughs> and picking, <laughs> you know, eat, aye, eating rats out the bin. And his mind, his mind was blown. He's like, how how did you come up with this? Like, did, did you sit in a pub one night and agree on these lyrics? Or, Do you know, I like, it, 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 who, who comes up with it, raises it? Is it like done by a committee? What, 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 you know, it's it's. Um, <laughs> well, I also love the fact that the one the one song that always sticks in my memory from winning games was in your Paisley slums. Didn't matter who you were playing. Didn't matter where you were playing. But you know, and that, we're gonna, we can put that in the show because oh, who are we playing today? Dunfermline and your Paisley slums because it didn't. It, <laughs> not it didn't. It was did not. A, doesn't matter who you were playing or where you were playing. Yeah. There was always the one. I, another one that made me laugh was the Queen of the South one. She, uh, the, can I say I, that? I, I'm not saying what it is, right? But the Queen of the South and she takes something somewhere. Um, but that always just again just made me laugh the first time I heard it. You know, it was just like. That's quite that's quite inventive. And it was just some pure drunken bampot just Oh the Queen of the South <laughs> I was like, right, okay. What rhymes with South? Ah, that does rhyme with South, you're right there, mate. Fair, fair play. <laughs> so tell you what, guy, for someone who attended last time, now I think everyone that everyone that I've spoken to anyway that attended it last time absolutely loved it and it was it was really well thought of and I think we're all I can speak for the whole fan base when I think it's delighted that I think we're all delighted that it's back. So without giving away too many spoilers and kinda of giving away all the, the changes, could you tell us just a little a little insight into what has changed between the last performance and this one, David? Well yeah, um I'll be honest with you, not a huge amount because my my theory was if it's not broke, don't fix it. And also it's been five years, how much will people really remember, you know? Um but yeah. there have obviously been a couple of major events which we had to cover. The, the, the main one, obviously, being MCT uh, taking over the club. Um, so that's covered uh, in the play. Uh, also, uh, Dougie Ray passing. I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that if it wasn't for Dougie Ray, there'd be no Morton. Um, after, yeah, you know, the episode, I think it's absolutely crucial that we, uh, we, 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 we gave him a, a fitting you know, mention, tribute, send-off, call it what you will. So those were the two incidents um, that, we, that we've added. Um, and so we've, so we've deleted some scenes and, and wrote new scenes, you know, to, to backfill, you know. But rest assured, there are still just shoehorning of jokes left, right and centre, whatever, <laughs> about them, you know. And I think so, another thing the fans will really appreciate that go to see it is Kev's been taking acting lessons over the last five years, so he's slightly better than us. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm 
places could they do now? <laughs> yeah, like, like I say, it, 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 I, I didn't want to change too much because I didn't want to risk it, you know. But like I say, when, when things like MCT with the, with the club being taken over by the fans, uh, and essentially what we have is because it has five fans, we're the same five guys. We basically have a scene where they go right, you know, Doogie's passed away. You know, what are we going to do? Well, why don't we? Why don't we try and discuss the benefits and the downsides to fan ownership? You know, um, and so it, it generates it that way. You know, so effectively the five guys end up buying the club. You know, or or taking over the club, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't want to upset anyone by them saying they bought the club. You know, but they effectively take over the running of the club. That kind of idea. Um, so yeah, we we'll have done that. You know. Fantastic. Well, guys, that was a, a really good insight into to the play. Obviously, everyone who hasn't bought a ticket yet, make sure you get along. It's Thursday the 14th, Friday the 15th, and Saturday the 16th of April at 7.30, and it's in the Beacon Arts Centre. So, Kevin, Chris, that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. Cheers, Dean. Thanks for having us. Cheers, yes, Dean. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. And we look forward to seeing you on the stage on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're throwing this gauntlet down. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm more than willing to jump on a stage. That's absolutely no bother. Now remember, I'm just quite delighted that we're obviously this episode, this this interview is going out after the air game on Saturday. Now all of the Just One Carnato crew are in hospitality on Saturday, <laughs> so. I think on Monday's record, this interview is going to be doing quite a lot of heavy lifting because I don't know how much analysis we're going to be capable of on Monday. <laughs> you should just do it from hospitality, like immediately uh, after the game. I would like to circle back to those comments about libelous content. On a side note, the the next three of the next four matches, the hospitality sold out. Again, that's the that's the doogie factor, isn't it? That's people uh, want. I would think you know want to come and see the team. You know, successful teams generate higher sales. You know, so that's it's 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 nothing but good. You know. Well, I think I'm in for I'm in for the air game on Saturday, and then the Friday night game against Kilmarnock. I'm in with a different group as well, so might be obviously there's a crack and feel good factor, and I think from my personal viewpoint, there's a greedy bastardness factor. <laughs> and I've heard that it's really like, I've not been in hospitality in about a couple of years now, but I've heard that recently, particularly in the last year or so, it's got really really good. So just again, I just want yeah. to bring that up as well. Obviously, I think Andy Ritchie's a big part of that as well. Um, and we all, yeah. we all we all got to know Andy um, really well doing the show. And he's now he's now a friend. And they say that thing about never meet your heroes, but absolutely not in his case. An absolute legend on and off the park. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, one one we one we anecdote about that was um, Andy and I were in the uh, we were in the spinnaker uh, for a drink, and I think that might in fact that was after the last show, and we were up as guests of the club the cast and the crew. So Andy and I were, were going to drink the Spinnaker, we got on the Spinnaker bus to go to the game and this man, who was late 40s and maybe in his 50s, was walking up the bus and he saw Andy and the guy just stopped in his tracks and he went, Andy Ritchie and he's like, Andy, I'm going to sing to you and he just started singing an Andy Ritchie song which I haven't heard since the 70s um, and I, <laughs> that's Andy's life, wherever you go with him in Greenock or whatever, there's always somebody coming up and he's always got time for them and he always you know, and I personally think that's, you know, my understanding is he's been you know, doing a lot of the hospital. He's also been doing the Ton TV, which I'm told is yeah, oh, he's very popular that. and stuff like that. Andy, Andy, Andy should have a, a big, whatever the club do to keep Andy Ritchie involved, they should do because, you know, his, his insightfulness into the league, his anecdotes, his stories, everything, you know. So, yeah, like I say, I'm very, very proud now to call Andy a, a friend, you know. I think the yeah the obviously the lockdown and the pandemic and on TV and obviously watching the game from our from our living rooms. I think most modern fans that have met Andy Ritchie. I think everyone will agree he's an absolute gentleman. He's great storyteller. You know, really good company. You then he then goes into Tone TV. I wasn't sure how it would go, but you then look. Not only is it an absolute pattern merchant, you know, he's some of his one-liners are absolutely un, unmatchable. <laughs> <laughs> he's also got a really, really good insight into the game, and I think oh, if you, he's got su- such a cracking insight into the game, and he can deliver it with such humour, and you go, do you know, yeah, I would, I would love him. I think if he did, if he offered live commentary to everyone standing in the cow shed, I think it would be an absolute. <laughs> Honestly, do you know, you're saying that, but and this is a, we're now diverting away possibly from from the from the reason of the podcast, but. Um, I, I watched, I recently bought the Dunfermline game, the, the Dunfermline uh, Morton game, I think it was, and um, or maybe the Hamilton, I can't remember, but Chris, what one was it? You were in the house, I think. I do, you know? Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton, I, Hamilton, Hamilton, Lee Morton. The clubs need to do more on that because 
they're showing the game and then at halftime you're just getting a, like an icon. They should have goals from yesteryear. They should have competition, sponsorship, advertising. They should really, the pandemic was horrible, but it's opened up this window, this door of opportunity and everybody should be jumping on it and trying to make the most of it. Now, I get that fans are back in the stadiums, but the bottom line is this could be shown all over the world. We know there are modern fans all over the world and I just, it's something I think, yeah. it's an avenue I wish all, not just all, all clubs would explore more, develop it more. So it's, it's like we just said, Chris earlier on, saying, you know, when he's away with work and stuff, there's a, and even if you're only charging a tenner ahead, if you if you make enough of those tenors, it's clearly going to be financially viable for the club. You know, plus all the extra sponsorship opportunities. So I, that's my that's my little rant over about uh, about not just on TV or whatever, but all of them. You know, I, I think they've been given this chance now. Please just make the most of it. You know, and don't let it die. I'd hate to see it. You know, drop off completely because I think it's definitely viable for the future. I think you're absolutely spot on, Davey, and I think I spent about four years abroad, and I think what my Saturday routine was before, and it was, I had open all mics on the radio and Soccer Saturday on mute, so you had the kind of video printer with Jeff Sterling and, right. and those guys on the screen, you're listening to open all mics, you compare that to being able to watch the game streamed, you've got different camera angles, replays, a really professional output, and then again, Jerry's an excellent commentator. You've got Andy. We've obviously talked about what he brings to the to the package, and you think I would be more than willing to, to part with twenty quid to watch that because I used to quite enjoy sitting watching open all mics, and you'd get the odd Friday night game. I think the the comeback against Partick Thistle from from two 0 down was. Yeah. Brilliant, and I ended up nearly getting kicked out of my flat in Singapore because I screamed the place down at four in the morning. But it's just, it, it's, it's the difference that it's, I think I, I, I was I was ill for quite a while there, and it's the sort of thing that there, there are so many people who can't make it to the game, whether they're abroad, whether they're ill, whether they're at work, whether they're. Well, the bottom line is that there would be a market for it, definitely a market for it. And like you say, when you've got somebody like Andy there and Jerry, you know, there, there's, there's no badness here. It's just, let's just I hope they develop it. And make it a, a standalone commercial success, you know? No, I think you're you're absolutely spot on. And I think given the amount of people that have been, been tuning in over the course of the last couple of seasons, that you'd like to think it would definitely be something that's commercially viable. And hopefully we see the club act on it and yeah. continue it. Because I think it, it definitely helps people that are out of the area, whether it's short term, whether they've moved away for a contract or whether they've, they've relocated abroad. I think in terms of helping connect people back to to Morton, back to Greenock, and hopefully tempt them into MCT subscriptions. Aye. If you can, if they have got capital in their living room every second week, then I think that can only be a positive. And, and not not just not just Morton fans. So as I said, I, I bought the Hamilton one. So you've got, especially because we don't have regional leagues, so you, you could realistically yeah. win a league with somebody like I don't know Elgin or I mean, or so you could like, you could you could be Inverness Cali, Inverness Cali. So right. you know you, you could so there's there's you know so the Inverness fans if Morton exactly Morton Morton the Inverness the Inverness fans aren't going to want to travel down hundreds of miles, so they're going to chip in their ten or twenty quid. This is this has got it's got to be commercially viable on a standalone basis. But no, I think you're you're absolutely spot on. I think you're right, um, but I don't know if there's any licensing issues as well. Um, but, but, but there, was, there, wasn't, there, there, still, there isn't just now, so whatever, it can be overcome. Uh, and and right. if, it's, if it's political, it's a, the SPFL is a member's organisation, you know, so um, it must there must be a way of doing it. Well, well there's a well, there's a way. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, guys, that was a... a Actually, a very good discussion to round us off. I think Chris will be chapping on the door now. I think you can punt Alan out and safely call a podcast slot your own. <laughs> I would expect a, a two-footed tackle on Monday night. Oh, <laughs> Even though he's in the same <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a, a cracking insight. And thanks very much for coming on. That was a, a really good discussion and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed that, Dean. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers, Dean. Great. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at The Morton Forum. Give me God, no.